That's right, Cameron. It's time. It's time for us all to enter the Velvet Room together. Oh man, I hope I don't get guillotined. Wait, you might. I mean, you might. Are you a trickster? Can you defy the hands of fate that are sent against you? I like to think so, but I don't. I just don't know. Cameron, it's Persona Five Royale time. Huh? Um, it is. There is no more October. Um, there's no more November. It is now uh, Persona Five Royale One. Oh, nice. Um, it's not I'll... even 2020. It's just Persona Five. It's 20 20x. Well, no, it's it's one. Because it is the first year since Persona 5 Royale is out on modern console. Uh, sure. Well, I think we should just call it 2020X, just like the game does. Or okay. they just call it 20X or whatever. Yeah, 20XX. That's right. That's where we are. Um, but yeah, we don't need time. We only need Persona 5 Royale. Mm-hmm. And it tells me to take my time. It does. Even though to do everything, it, you have to. You can't. I haven't played the new one. I'm really hoping that they free up some of that time that they forced you to waste in the in the original version. Because mm-hmm. um, I know there's at least two more confidence. Uh-huh. And more. one of them, one of them is because I was looking it up. One of them that origin in the original was like he just unlocked naturally, like a progression through the story doesn't happen. And this oh, one, yeah, like yeah, you have to you seek have to it out. It. So really, there's like three more confidants. Oh wow. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping that they give you some of that time that you can just free up. It'd be nice. Um, but here we are, uh, in the spirit of rebellion, we're going to, um, rip off our masks along with portions of our face. It's going to be kind of bloody. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go first. Oh, it's not coming off. You don't have a spirit of rebellion enough. I guess not. I've always been a rule follower. It's true. I have too much of a spirit of rebellion. You know, I, as a child, I was a rule follower. As an adult and as a teacher, when I'm, I feel like there's so much of like, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. And I'm like, nah, I'm not gonna. The spirit of rebellion against the system. The system. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a horror. horror. Um, my face. Oh, my face. Cameron ripped off part of his face, but he gained a new floating super self. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to think wonder... yours is Jesse James. Sure. Because all of theirs are famous thieves. Mm-hmm. Who are some other famous thieves? I mean, we have Zorro. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking in the game. Captain, Captain King. Kid. Arsene. Mm-hmm. Was he the gentleman thief? Yeah, something like that. I feel like so. Um, in a motorcycle. What, is that not... I feel like the motorcycle is supposed to represent Joan of Arc. I, I think you're probably right. Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Pretty famous. It's true. So it has been a wild time. This is why we're talking about video games so much. Because it's been a wild time. It really has. There have been times this year when certain people, not us, have been like, there's no games this year. There's plenty of games this year. Yeah, those people are incorrect. They're just not into the right kind of game. Mm-hmm. JRPG time. It, it, it has been JRPG o'clock. This is the thing I was thinking about today. So my favorite media franchise of all time, like absolutely just with unequivocally, there's nothing more collectible, more delightful to see little Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, and the games have been a little hit or miss for me lately, but the, the franchise itself, amazing. Comes out in 28 days. Today, Persona 5 came out. Persona 5 Royale, I should, because it is different. Um, I never got to finish Persona 5 because 
when I was a little more than halfway through, my uh, PS3 quit working, um, and I couldn't I couldn't play it anymore. Real shame. It was very yes. Um, for for retrospect, or for like not context. Mm-hmm. Context. Persona, Persona Four Golden is my favorite video game of all time. It's also coming soon. It is also coming soon. Um, so the fact that I couldn't finish Persona Five was real rough on. It was real rough on. Um, add that to a never released in America um, version of my favorite video game franchise of all time, the Trails series, which we've talked about on this show before, which we have talked about on this show, and that came out two months after. What a, a modern masterpiece and one of the greatest games of all time, and maybe my new favorite game of all time, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, which we will have a spoiler cast about pretty soon. Ooh, did you finish it? Not quite. I'm almost there. Yeah, because you didn't text me crying. So Yeah, I, I have, I, I'm getting to the point where I'm pretty sure why I'm going to be crying. Good, good. Um, it's a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a weird thing because the high highs of that game are incredibly sky high. I mean, those moments when you're doing something super epic, oh, just the highest highs. But the gameplay loop of Persona 4 Golden, there's nothing like it. So I haven't played it, so I'll be able to tell people in, like, February. Well, I'm just trying to determine for me, what is what is my favorite game of all time? Persona 4 Golden has been my favorite game of all time for, like, A almost while. 10 years. So it stood the test of time. We have to see if Xenoblade Chronicles 3 does. Oh, what a masterpiece. Yeah, what a, what a great time to be alive. It is. It is. Um, I guess that's all we will talk about JRPGs today. I want it to be the entire episode. Just for today. Um, I am really loving Trails from Zero. Yeah, because it's, it's amazing. It's really um, eating up. Man, the Trails games are so good. I, so good. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yes. I was going to say. We will not make this an entire episode about our good boy Ryuji, our good girl An, the the Akechi, just what a rapscallion he is. Mm-hmm. This will Yusuke. not be, huh? Yusuke. Yusuke? Makoto? Um, my best girl. Uh, my best girl, Makoto. Futaba? Futaba, though? Futaba Sakura. I mean, where would we, where would we be without her? I, worse off. That's all I yeah, know. Worse, worse off. We need Futaba in our life. Um, we will not make it all about them, even though I am sorely tempted to make it. Um, but you will once again, someday, join us here in the Velvet Room. Gotta, gotta play us out real quick. you by thepoetryfoundation.org unless someone real decides to sponsor us this is boy meets world fever and i'm one of your hosts cameron and i'm your other host chance hey there should sir? we have cool persona names um yes 
I guess I don't know what my mask is though. Yeah. Hmm. We'll come back to it. Part. Um, I feel like something simple, like if I just really think about myself and if I was really living out my rebellion, it'd probably be something really simple like bull. I have like a bull mask with some horns and just like wreck things. I love that. It's not like I'm a pretty like meek and mild guy. I feel like you would have a, um, what's that? It's like a bat, but it's made all of metal with spikes. Um, Tetsubo. Tetsubo? Yeah. Yeah, I probably have a Tetsubo and a big old orange mask. Ooh, I love it. Or maybe Ox. Ooh, I love both. Actually, I feel like Bull, if if Jesse James is my guy, it needs to be a Bull. Ooh, that's true. Oh, Jesse James, that's true. I came up with that for you. You did. That's me. I I don't know. You're already living all of your rebellious life, Chance. I have been very rebellious in my life. In the world of your mind? Mm Mm-hmm. Perhaps my mask would simply be cool aviators. <laughs> and they'd call me shades. <laughs> like ridiculously sized aviators, but uh-huh. like biggins. Mm-hmm. I love it. Bull and shades. Here we go. What's your weapon? Um one single tonfa. Okay. Like a nice nice. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like a yeah, Billy Club. Mm-hmm. Cool. Oversized though. Mm-hmm. Like a Louis painting. It's like comically. Mm-hmm. But serious though, not comically. Um, welcome to Boy Meets World video game corner. We just can't seem to get out of it. It's true. We already left the velvet room. We shouldn't have had that discussion. Nobody puts video games in the corner. It's true. I'm Patrick Swayze, and I am pulling them out. It's get true. Out get back out here, video games. Do you have any bread for this week? I uh, know, but we were going to talk about uh, the Great British Bake Off. Oh yes, we do need to talk British Bake Off. So I guess, or do you want to do that at the top? No, I think we've done enough at the top. We can do the middle. Okay, we'll do that in the middle. Teaser. It's coming. Yeah. It's it's coming. Okay. I don't feel as bad if we have bread to talk about. Why? Because there's not a lot to talk about? There's not a lot to talk about in this. The episode feels really fast. Mm-hmm. Like, I watched it, I mean, I watched it the other day, and I watched it shortly before we started recording. I watched and it I feel the like I feel like it was just like suddenly it was at the end. I'm like, wow. Um, so just a gut check going in. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think it's fine. Uh, it's it's fine. Um, I don't really like how they treated Eric in the end. Why do you say that? Um, well, we'll get, I, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. So another teaser. Another teaser. Something to look forward to. Um, yes. But we can get started. I... We'll say I've enjoyed the last few episodes more. Mm-hmm. We'll jump in. I'll give us a quick synop and then I'll tell why. Okay. Um, all right. So synop. Um, Corey is yelling about poetry because a really beautiful poem was read. I actually do enjoy the poem read in mm-hmm. the beginning. Um, I know. I have it pulled up. The one in the middle. The one, but the one at the beginning, I think, is quite good. The one at um, the tag at the end. Very good. I, I have things to say about that poem. Okay. <laughs> it's not as bad as the show wants us to believe it is. No, it's really not. Topanga. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, it turns out that that poem was Sean's, and Feeney is hosting a uh, a poetry night. Jack, Rachel, and Eric are studying for a final, I suppose. 
or mm-hmm. maybe a midterm perhaps. I could see it being a final because I think in the next couple of weeks we have Christmas. It's true, but the trio or the quadruplets, I guess, um, is not studying for finals, which kind of. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if this is one test. It's worth ninety percent. Anyway, we'll get that. Get there. Get there. Um, and um, that Eric has a scheme to help them, I guess. Um, at the poetry night, a very beautiful version of Sean's poem is read against his. That's my synopsis. Mm-hmm. Not the best yeah, I've ever. No, not a bad synop though. Um, yes. Yeah, so there we are. So as or did you want to say your thoughts at the top? Yeah. So I feel like a few episodes ago, I was complaining about a weird structure. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a weird structure that just made the, the episodes seem small and really, like you said, quick. I feel like the last few episodes haven't had that. Um, especially the Stuart episode and the Hooters episode, whatever it's called. Clavage. Clavage. Um, I don't think you can just say it that way, Cameron. You have to. Um, so I feel like those those two episodes had a really like a structure that just really worked for me. Like mm-hmm. it didn't overstay its welcome, but I followed it through to the end. Um, this is back to that like really weird, like even the important stuff doesn't seem important kind of rollout of episode. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's as bad as some of those other ones that we talked about as far as like content, uh-huh. but I just, there's something I really wish, like, I just need to sit down because I, I like, I can get a lot of my thoughts out by writing and just like write an essay on why Are I you think Sean Hunter. Huh? Are you Sean Hunter? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We've established that. Um, I just need to like write an essay on the structure. Cause then I would understand it better, but there's just something about the structure of these episodes that I'm just, Man, I'm not enjoying. Yeah, it feels weirdly paced. And it's like we need to shoehorn the Jack, Eric, and Rachel of it all in. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, well, and while that stuff is fine, ultimately it robs the A story of really any good sense of resolution. Yeah. It's like, this is the maddest we've ever seen Sean at Corey. And we never see them deal with that. No, no. It's just very much brushed under the rug by the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Corey never apologizes. He does this classic thing of like, you know what? I'm not sorry that I did this thing that hurt my friend. Mm-hmm. Um, because the ends justify the means, baby. Even though the ends that he was thinking he brought about, he didn't bring about. Well, he did, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I'm not here to bash on Corey. I think he's... Normal. I think he's fine in this episode. He's not going to get my MVP for sure. Mm-hmm. He is not the MVP of this episode. Um, but he's not—he's not terrible. Like, mm-hmm. I actually think his like weird um, narcissism actually kind of serves a point in this episode, which we'll get to. Yeah. But yeah, maybe it is just the balancing of the A and B stories that are off. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but something about the structure. Of just most of this season has not worked for me. And now that you mentioned that, the A and B plots being so connected in the last two episodes may uh-huh. have been part of why those that structuring worked for me so well. But this, like watching it, I, I enjoyed individual scenes and I enjoyed things about the show, but like it just felt weird to me. I don't really know how to describe it. I didn't like the way yeah. it was set up. 
Mm-hmm. I don't like the way it was paced. Yeah, and it is just completely disconnected mm-hmm. once again. Maybe because, like, maybe it's just because there's no, like, three-act structure, even though I do actually <laughs> think... I do think that the Corey and Sean storyline is a three-act structure, and the B-plot is a three-act structure, but, like, they're just weirdly balanced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's just off. It's off. It's not bad, but it's not great. Yeah, it's not what I would prefer. I liked it's- the last... I would give, probably give this a lower score than the last two episodes, even though I liked it. Fine. I mean, I certainly won't give it a lower score than the last episode. I liked this more. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you I gave think. me this episode or last episode to watch again, I'd watch last. I'd probably watch this episode again. Yeah, I, 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 but that's really comes more down to like it's more pleasant to watch because like again from a structural place, it just works a lot better for. Mm-hmm. No, no, you just like watching, seeing the girls in those outfits that barely cover their deepest. Um, their most private whatever. situations. Their most private of situations. That's it. Yeah. I couldn't remember. <laughs> you just love that. Them wearing very normal clothes. <laughs> yes. This is what you would see just on a normal day anywhere. Literally what you see at the high school I used to work at constantly. Mm-hmm. It's getting a little cooler now. So at the middle school, they're covering up a bit more. Mm-hmm. We already talked about it. We need not to revisit it. Yes. So yeah. Bunch I, of prudes. No, I'm just joking. I don't know. I don't know if this is worth talking about some more because I've talked about it before. Something about the structure of this season, the way they are building episodes, just not working. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Are they? I I wouldn't say it's they're being too dramatic because everybody loves Stuart. Like that's what it was, mm-hmm. and it was really good. Yeah. But. At the same time, a lot of the episodes have been more dramatic focused compared to just funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering if that's it could be. It could be part of it. There could be a a weird balance of of um, like drama to comedy that's just not mm-hmm. hitting that sweet spot that I want it to. Yeah. Um, you know, but anyway, we can just jump in. Yeah, let's just jump in. Start talking we don't need about to dwell on the structure anymore. Yes, yeah, so the whole the gang, the freshman gang is in Feeney's class somehow. Yeah, um, we don't need to. Yeah, Feeney is teaching both Eric and Penbrook is a joke school, and he just took over as their teacher. I... Stewart is dead, and this is their philosophy class now. <laughs> their their poetry philosophy. Class. It's become a poetry class. Though I will just come out and say, most if this is a poetry focused class, most poetry focused classes are a three thousand level. You're not really going to run into one. I mean, at least at where we went to school, it was an upper level course on something more focused like that. Okay. A lot of your intros to even at like the 2000 level um, were there. And so like Brit lit, American lit, world lit, stuff like that. It could just be comp one, but I doubt Topanga needs to take comp one. Yeah, she probably clipped out of it. Or It's got to be an elective they took together because she's got to be way ahead of them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in her Course, courses, yeah. Also, also, we've at the when they first enrolled, we established that Corey had only three classes with Sean and two classes with Topanga, and like none of them were all together. In every class, we see them all together. Yeah, that's true. Because Pembroke is a joke institution; nothing there makes sense. Maybe it's five is pretty normal. Mm-hmm. Maybe he has two by himself. Maybe. Maybe the two he has with Topanga, he also has with Sean, and then he has one more with Sean, and two just by himself. Maybe so. Maybe so. Maybe so. 
education focused classes perhaps because he's Correct. not pursuing video which is what he loves mm-hmm. for some reason um but they're in this poetry class and feeney's passing their work back out but then he reads them a poem mm-hmm. i don't feel like he ever says this is written by someone your age he just says well, here's a poem i think he says it was written by someone in the class no oh, i even when i watched it again i didn't pick up on it but you know sing two is on in the background don't get me started on that one i haven't seen it we go. Oh, okay. I said, don't get me started, Chance. Okay. Well, you so. can't. You can't get started because you would spoil it for me. Exactly. Thank you. Um, I already spoiled all the best moments. Um, it's not. It's not a big deal. Um, this is the poem that he reads. Do you want me to read it? Uh, please. Um, so this is called an unpublished manuscript of J.D. Salinger, who is the author of Catcher in the Rye. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who might not know, I mean that's the name of the episode too. Poetic License and Ode to Holden Caulfield. Holden Caulfield's the protagonist of Catcher in the Rye, mm-hmm. which I've never read. I don't think I have either. And I'm okay with it. Okay, so here it is. It is possible to assassinate my heroes with the scope of my individualism. However, by their own persistence to themselves, I believe that they have chosen me to pursue a self. What is literature but the illumination of that which I would write? Salinger speaks through me to me whispers where to little boy my answer is the dogged pen to page which lights consistently the pathway home it is on that road that i alone can trip my way back to myself it's beautiful it is it's really nice it's, it's not a, a rhyme in there not a rhyme in there no it's not a rhyming poem no it poetry doesn't song. have to rhyme um it is not a sonnet those sonnets are very fun to write all you out there who are like Poetry is too free for me. I need a structure. Sonics are, sonnets are fun. Just write a haiku. Structure out the wazoo. It's true. Um, sometimes structure can make poetry more fun, and sometimes it can make it less fun. Mm-hmm. Really, poetry is all about breaking the rules. Yes. I remember one of my one of my professors um, said she went to like an elementary school and was teaching about poetry, and she's like taught them. She's like, I have a few rules for you. I forget what the first of them were, but then the last one was like, it can't rhyme. Like your poem cannot rhyme. Like that's, that's a rule. And then as they were starting to go, a boy was like, I have a really good idea, but it rhymes. This is just like instantly like breaking the rules. Cause I feel like that's what poetry is about. I mean, even Shakespearean stuff, it's like, it's all about playing with words, playing with your idea of how words should work. Um, And that's what makes it interesting and good. That's true. And this one's interesting and good. It is. Um, Sean has to have discovered J.D. Salinger in the last six months. There's no way he knew who J.D. Salinger was two years like a year ago. Yeah, as he was going through, maybe it was as Cory and Topanga were broken up, and he was just horribly going through a lot. And then he finds Catcher in the Rye. Yeah. I guess maybe like he read Shakespeare's book of sonnets. Mm-hmm. He did and, read that from Angela, yeah, right. And he just like has never stopped reading ever since. Mm-hmm. I do wish, like, the poem later, I think, is a little more true to Sean. It's very experiential. It's mm-hmm. very, like, um, like this is what I observe, and this is what it reminds me of. Um, so maybe a little more, less highbrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't like it as much. But I do wish that this poem, like, seemed like it was written by Sean. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like. <laughs> it doesn't sound like Sean. Yeah, I, I get it. Like, Sean is a 
is a hurt artist now. Like, and he, I'm actually okay with it because I think he did a lot of legwork mm-hmm. over the seasons to get him here. Like, and now that he's kind of becoming like a, po- a poet soul, but like he doesn't suddenly have all of the literature downloaded into his brain. <laughs> it's like the Matrix. Give me the literature. Which one? All of it. Yeah. Like he <laughs> he's bending backwards as just bookshelves fly past him. And, and perhaps, perhaps they just finished Catcher in the Rye and now they have to like write a poem about how they felt about it. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why. So I'm not like, this is so out of character for Sean, but I am saying like, man, if he was just going to write a poem out of the blue, I kind of wish it was more like welfare. <laughs> He wrote a beautiful uh, poem about welfare. I know he writes a joke poem about welfare, but mm-hmm. but he could probably write a really good one. He does yeah. say after the, uh, when they're talking about the poem that he um, has been writing for as long as he can remember, just writing things down. Yeah, he's probably only recently gotten poetic. But mm-hmm. um, Sean's yeah, a journaler. I, I know people. I know people in the like Boy Meets World fandom sometimes have a problem with like. Sean being here after where he's been, but mm-hmm. I really don't. No, and I think we've tracked his arc of just like personal growth because he's mm-hmm. the one who's experienced personal growth over the course of the show. The one, the one, the one. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's, it's not really out of the blue to no. hear that he's capable of something like this. But him suddenly being a literature aficionado is a little like really. You and I have probably read more books this year than Sean has read in his entire life. I have read quite a few. And, I read a whole uh, 11 book series this year. Very nice. And I'm on book seven of a seven book series or an eight book series. Nice. Um, but yeah, we have probably read more books than Sean has read in his entire life. And even we haven't read Catcher in the Rye. Yeah. And I don't so, really want to. No, I am not a classics person. There are some good classics. Don't get me wrong. I like The Grapes of Wrath. One that I read in college that I actually really liked was Edmund Spencer's The Fairy Queen. Oh, I've not read it. Which is all written in sonnets. Ooh. um, Like Ed Spencerian sonnets, which are nine lines. Um, They're they're different. But it's just like this epic. I mean, it's like a biblical allegory of like this knight who's on the, at least the part that I read, there's more of it, but it's like a knight who's on this quest and he, um yeah just encounters all of these things sort of pilgrim's progressy but mm-hmm. um yeah i mean you know that's what a lot of stuff was back then mm-hmm. but it was really good it was interesting and cool i love it um there was a time when i thought i was going to read all the classic monster books but dracula and frankenstein both are terrible <laughs> i think the story of frankenstein is really interesting the book is not <laughs> yeah you know um Frankenstein's not nearly as bad as Dracula. Man, my expectations for Dracula were not Victorian noble politics, the book. <laughs> people are like, oh, the vampire, he kills people, he makes Renfield his servant. He, It's like, yeah, like in three pages of the book that happens, and all the others, mm-hmm. it's like, I'm a noble, I can't be seen with you, you're a foreigner, where does that put you on the nobility chain? It's like, shut up, all of you. I just want to read about vampires. I wanted to read an adventure, not a how-to about English aristocracy. Mm-hmm. 
Not a, not a how-to of hating myself for reading this book. <laughs> so, Dracula, one of the great disappointments of my life. I finished it, though. Good. Good for you. Now that we've thoroughly discredited ourselves by bashing on some classics and saying we've never read Catcher in the Rye, <laughs> let's continue to talk about this. It's true. Yeah. I, I just wanted to bring that up. I don't think Sean should be the literature expert that he seems to be. <laughs> well, I know who's definitely not the literature expert in the group. Corey. And that's Corey. Because <laughs> he's like, are you kidding me? And he stands up to give his uh, thoughts. And I think it's very funny. Yeah. It's annoying, but it's funny. <laughs> it's annoying, but it's hilarious. And he's just like, J.D. Salinger, name dropping much? And he's just yeah. like, yeah, haven't we had enough of Catcher in the Rye? Right <laughs> another book? Corey knows that. Yeah, I'm, I'm very proud of him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure Mr. Feeney had him read it in high school. Or Mr. Turner. True. He had them read a lot of things that were not <laughs> developmentally appropriate for them. He did. Oh, Mr. Turner, Mr. Turner. He started him easy with an X-Men comic book and then just rashed it. In one night, they had to read X-Men and The Odyssey. Oh, right. Which The Odyssey is not the longest book in the world, but it is. It's not dense. a one-night read. No, yeah, and it's dense. For a, you know, a 14-year-old. <laughs> what? Is it not only for a 14-year-old? Yeah. Well, no, I couldn't read it in a night. The, the language barrier alone is pretty staggering, unless it's like a simplified English odyssey. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what it was. It's a 3,000-year-old book. <laughs> There's going to be a difficulty curve <laughs> to, to coming at something like that. Um <laughs> Yeah, Corey's just railing on it. It's very funny. He's like, at the end, he's like, who's with me? And like, nobody says anything. And then he just like sits down, <laughs> sort of like dejected a little bit. Or like, mm-hmm. my bad. <laughs> and yeah. Beanie's just like, well, that's unfortunately all the time we have. <laughs> yeah, he, he's done. And uh, Angela and Topanga are like, you're crazy. That was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And Feeney's like, I agree. And he gives it to Sean. Yeah, so then we find out that Sean's the one who's been writing. He just writes things down, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he just been... does it for him. Hmm? But he just does it for him. Yeah, just for him. Which is, which is something I do a lot. Just do things for yourself. I have about nine short stories and the first draft of an entire novel. Well, come and... on, you got to come read him at the local coffee house. But I'm going to make you do it. I just write them for me. I'm going to make you do it. You'll never grow as a person. If you don't put yourself out there in this very specific way that I just found out about. Cameron, you're a much earlier Corey. You're not this Corey. You're right. I'm average. <laughs> hey, I'm average. Yeah. That's the Corey I am. <laughs> um, if you vote for me, I will say, hey, Ooh. thanks. <laughs> uh, the sad thing is, is that a picture of that just does not exist on the internet. Because I want to like find that so badly. You're going to have to make it. I don't know how. I'm too stupid. Screenshots on YouTube, dude. Screenshots. Surely I'm, surely I'm too stupid to even have a podcast. You are not. Yeah, I'm too stupid for that. You are not too stupid. Hey, thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, so that is a thing that I do fairly constantly, actually. Good for you. Um, I do not. I haven't recently because being married, I do not have as much free time as I. True, you're just hanging out with your wife and kid, and it's the best. Wouldn't mm-hmm. trade it. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like it. Um, yeah, so this is when Feeney 
is like tell Sean if you're interested. Like I have a poetry readings on Friday nights at the student union. Um, if you wanted to come read it, and Corey's just like, yes, he has to do it. Um, and Sean's just like, no, I really don't want to. <laughs> um, and then Corey's like, well, can I share my poems? <laughs> Feeney's like, you have poems? He's like, no, I just write things down. I just, I just write down. <laughs> yeah. And Feeney's like, I'll see you there. <laughs> he, yeah, Feeney's little wave as he walks out the door. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just like, um, reject, like, just resigned to his fate. And I, I am sure that many of our listeners are thinking that I am going to be very annoyed at Corey for what is about to happen um, for for several scenes now because he is very annoying. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's just in a good mood. Maybe it's just charitable. I don't know. Maybe I was thinking about Persona Five and it just made me happy. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The Phantom um, Thief broke into your mind palace and changed your heart. They did. They did. My the corruption of my Corey hate. So we won't go there. It's just gone. Um, but I think his annoyingness serves as a counterpoint to show some character growth for Sean. We have yeah. to kind of assassinate Corey to give our real main character some. As Sean says, it is possible to assassinate my Corys. <laughs> the scope of my individualism. Yeah. Corey has to kind of maintain who we've made him for two, three seasons now so that Sean can show growth, which kind of mm-hmm. sucks for Corey. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was not, a, I, I, at first I was like, oh, it's going to be one of those. I'm just going to bash on Corey. I know it. No, I think he's fine. He's annoying. I feel, I feel no way or the other about him. He's, he's annoying, but his annoyingness serves a purpose. Mm-hmm. He says his first poem here. where He's like, <laughs> my poems are money because they're so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he's uh, going to write a poem in his dorm and not his home. <laughs> he seems very surprised by that. Uh-huh. that he, he turns that out. <laughs> um, yeah, it's so interesting that we've gotten like artist Corey, poetry at least understander Corey. That we're at this Corey. <laughs> I understand the basics of end rhyme. Well, no, that's all right. I mean, like, all the poetry readings he went to in season two. Oh, right. Like, we're seeing it all come to a head. Yeah, I don't know. It's funny. But anyway, yeah, so Corey's like, you have to, you have to. And he's like, will it get you to shut up? He's like, he's like, will you go? And so he says like, he would go. He doesn't say he would read his poetry. He says he would go, though. Right, right. And then we cut to the apartment. Mm-hmm. The, the trio is studying... Mm-hmm. Um, Rachel is twirling her hair. Jack is eating an apple. Jack is not just eating an apple. He is like Frenching an apple. <laughs> <laughs> and Eric's clicking a pen mm-hmm. with a lot of rings on his fingers. Oh yeah, that's true. He did have a lot of rings on his fingers. I noticed that. I was like, why do you have so many rings? Was that a nine? That had to have been a thing at that it, time. It was probably just a like a Wilfred Dell thing. He's talked about how he was like real full of himself at this point in his life. <laughs> He seems to have mellowed out a little bit. Yeah. In that regard. Yeah. So Jack is really annoying Rachel. Rachel is really annoying Eric. And Eric is really annoying Jack. Mm-hmm. And they just blow up because they're studying for finals and it's worth 90% of their grade and they have to do well. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, let's just study. Let's just all shut up and study. So they do. And, and then. A bite of his apple. Yeah. And Eric's like, oh, that's it. He's like, 
I can't even think in here. And you guys know how hard enough that is for me already. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm going to the library. <laughs> and then he leaves. Jack is like, now we can finally get some studying done. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back in. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know where the library is. <laughs> like, let's all go. So they all, so they all take I like how they're just like, they actually don't even say let's all go. They just pick up their books and go. It's like, yeah. our friend needs our help. We're going to help him out. This is our lot in life. This is our lot. We are the caretakers of Eric. Um, then they get to the guardians. I'm just going to do this whole story because it's basically nothing. Then we can yeasty boys. Okay. Yeah. Then we'll yeasty. Um, yeah. So they get to the library. They they sit down and like, all right. And everyone's like, shh. And then everyone shushes the shusher. Then everyone starts yelling at each other. Mm-hmm. It's very funny. This well, there's a few characters that I think are funny. The girl mm-hmm. is very mm-hmm. funny, and the guy standing behind the bookshelf mm-hmm. is like, "Shut up, shut up!" Uh, and then the girl's like, "Hey, that's my friend." And the little girl's like, "You want a piece of me?" She stands up, and then Rachel, <laughs> Rachel like towers over her by two feet, mm-hmm. and then she runs off, and she's like, "Come back here, you little twerp." Yeah. And then they come back over and she's got her slung over her shoulder. It's like, I'm going to go beat up the troll. <laughs> and they're all screaming at each other. There's this really angry bearded man yelling at Jack. And he's like, I don't like your face. Yeah. And he's like, can you see what finals are doing to us? Eric stops everyone and says that. The guy behind the bookcase goes, but what do we do? <laughs> he has one more excellent line too in just yeah. a moment. <laughs> But I do like Eric right here. He goes, that is an excellent question. <laughs> See, I love this Eric. Yeah, this is a great Eric. Uh-huh. Um, um, and then they're like, everybody, take off your shoes. Throw them over here. That's your left shoe. Yeah, take off your left shoe. Throw them over here in a pile. Make a pile. Come on. Uh, Rachel, set down the midget or whatever he calls her. I know midget isn't a good word, but I feel like they say something like that. I feel that. like they might have said it. It's not nice. Well, um, I said I feel like they did say it. Or they would have had any qualms about. Yeah, they wouldn't, that, especially at this time. Don't say midget people. Um, but yeah, and he's like, now, what are you thinking about? <laughs> Behind the bookshelf. My foot's cold. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're not thinking about your test. You're not no, thinking, about, you're you not thinking about you know what. What do you, what do you mean? It's like, no, I'm not going to say it. Say it. Now, these now, are important. They're important. Oh, They're not oh. all important. We just got to relax. So I want everyone to find a shoe and take the person who that shoe belongs to to the movie. Yeah. Angry bearded guy finds Jack's shoe. And Jack finds angry bearded guy. It's funny how everyone found each other's shoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Weird how that works. But it's fine. You know, movie magic. Yeah. And Jack's like, there's gum on this one. And the guy goes, you like popcorn? Jack goes, do I? Crunch during the movie and I'll shove your nose in. <laughs> this guy is so violent. Yeah. It's the Eric Matthews foolproof study system. Mm-hmm. So for some reason, they don't go along with it. They're good with it. Uh-huh. They just needed a good time. They just needed a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all leave. Cut to later on in the episode. Um, they are all outside of Feeney's class. I guess it's Feeney's class. Uh-huh. I don't really get it, but... Uh-huh. This is the first time we've seen this hallway set, and we've seen it twice in the episode. Yeah, that's true. That is true. I don't know if we ever see it again, honestly. And everyone comes, Eric comes in, and everyone's like, 
Eric. Hey, guys. He's like, hey. And he goes up to Rachel and the short girl. And he's like, are we ever going to see you two apart? They're like, not if we can help it. (laughs) That's Um, very funny. Jack's like, like, who wins the next final? Who cares? Yeah, who wins the next final? Who cares? And then Jack's like, Eric, I'm the first one to say this was stupid, but man, this is amazing. You did so great. And then the other guy goes, what's the success system of this study system? Like, what are you talking about? What study system? The, the Eric Matthews foolproof study system. It's what you told oh. us about. Oh, yeah, I made it up. <laughs> They're all everyone about just it. about to rip him apart. Yeah, he's like, I'm curious to see how this worked, too. Um, but then Feeney comes out and he puts up the test and everyone goes, and everyone did really well. Mm-hmm. The short girl's trying to see over everyone. She's like, I can't see. Yeah, but Rachel reads her score for her and they both mm-hmm. got A's. Yeah. So everyone's very excited. They're like, yeah, Eric. 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 And Feeney grabs him by the arm. He's like, says, hang with me for a sec. He's like, Eric's chanting his own name. And then he's like, Feeney, Feeney. Yeah. And he's like, so what did you do? And he explains everything he did. He's like, like huh, did you take off your left shoe and ask a friend to go to the cinema? <laughs> yes, he does say cinema. Take off your le- I, this was very funny when Feeney's like, take off your left shoe. And Eric's like, not right now, Mr. Feeney. <laughs> not right now. That's for that. Um, and then he explains what he did. And Feeney's like, well, actually, university studies have sh- shown that constant focus on one's studies actually hinders performance, which I think is just common knowledge now. Like, mm-hmm. Pressure and stress is actually bad for absorbing information. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the moment when I don't like this anymore. Okay. Because Go. this is a triumphant moment for Eric. And a moment where we see Eric being successful at something we've seen him be successful in before. Which is just like educating people. Like in those times, like when he was the tutor for the guy. And he mm-hmm. felt like it was going terrible. And then in the end, he like benefits from it. Or like when he's working with all of the immigrants and he just has this triumphant moment. Here, we have this triumphant moment. And then it's just brought down in the end by the fact that like, but Eric, you forgot to study and you did really bad on your test. Mm-hmm. And it's like, sure, that's funny, whatever. But I feel like it just kind of cuts the legs out from under it. Or it could have been like this. Hey, Eric, you're actually right. And I'm really proud of you. Like, mm-hmm. way to go. And instead, it's like, oh, Eric, you're in trouble this time. Yeah, I mean, it's playing with that idea of, like, Eric is a savant. Like, Eric understands people and, like, real life, I guess you could call it, Mm -hmm. to, like, a supernatural degree. But he doesn't understand, like, common sense or, like, school. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of playing with that idea, um, but not in a way that's particularly enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, Eric, you didn't study, but it's like, he was studying. Like, I don't, they were all getting very frustrated with each other, but mm-hmm. he was spending time doing that. And also, I don't feel like education is studying and trying well, to absorb it, but we've been over that before. Yeah, we've, we've talked about that, about how, like, the whole, like, memorizing information, to yeah, spit memorizing it back out is learning. isn't learning. I could go on this whole thing because like, I've been kind of angry lately. I can go on this whole thing because a lot of people in this election cycle have been have been citing things like lower SAT scores and lower test scores as like like election points. 
like mm-hmm. it means something. Or like, like any side in particular had anything to do with that. Yeah, but my whole thing is like, that's not a judge of intelligence. Like critical thinking is a judge of intelligence. What if students right now just don't give a crap about your stupid tests with arbitrary knowledge that they don't need to know? Like fair point. Like what the why are you holding up these things that are part of an antiquated system that pretty much the whole educational community is like, actually, this is crap and doesn't reflect on our students at all. Like it teaches them to memorize things, not think critically, but everyone's coming along and being like, the pandemic killed our kids ability to perform in school. No, your schools are crap. Like, I don't know what to tell you. If something if there's an apparent issue, what you should do is do something to fix that issue. Yeah. Not just or, blame saying or say, okay, this isn't working. What can we do to fix it or make it better? Like we don't have to be beholden to those same ideas before the world changed. Yeah. We don't check the system. Like we all reading comprehension on the essay or the ACT is really good. Um, I like that. That's great. But random biology facts in the science section mm-hmm. like how did you... much of the science is actually like reading charts which i feel like is important yeah yeah and most of the math in that like half of it is like pretty basic level math and the other half is, is like kind of calculus level math like when's the last time an adult had to do calculus level math that wasn't in a math career like i know the last time i did uh senior year of high school <laughs> yeah right yeah yeah even in college, I didn't. Yeah, because that's not that's not real life. Like the 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 ACT can tell you very minimally about the educational system in Oklahoma. But I see kids going out and being involved in social justice. There was two walkouts in our school district just today. There were. Yeah. I had no idea. Uh, a kid got uh, a trans kid got suspended for using the bathroom of their choice, and they were walkouts for trans rights. Oh, nice. Um, I see them exercising their First Amendment right to peacefully assemble. I see them doing walkouts. I s- more kids are voting than ever before. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think maybe these kids got a got an idea of what's really important. Yeah, the kids are all right. I didn't mean to go on that rant. It's just been bugging me lately. And this whole, like, you got to study and learn the information. J.D. Challenger and the catcher in the rye. No one cares. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the same time, Eric did study. Is the thing that gets me. Well, we don't know that he studied. He could have done the whole time. The the clue, the cues were there for us to assume that that's what he was doing. Um, and then it really makes the point of like, you didn't do this. Shame on you. Yeah, you got everyone else to calm down, but you failed. And it's just going to be a laughing point that you're a failure. Ultimately, like you don't get to have your triumphant moment. Mm-hmm. of like helping everyone succeed because you did not succeed in this one very small way. Yeah, it's annoying. <sighs> Makes me mad. But you know what doesn't make me mad? Bread? Bread. No. Sleep. Sleep. Till babka. Til babka. No. No. Sleep. Sleep. Till babka. babka. Oh, these are so bad, but I love it. It's going to be great. That's right, everybody. It's the Yeasty Boys coming at you hot. You never saw this coming, not despite the fact that we mentioned it not once, but twice in this episode, that it would be coming up. But it's here. This is our Yeasty Boys uh, newest season of Great British Bake Off special. You don't say. 
He does say. But we're here to talk about two episodes briefly. I was more interested in the Mexican episode. Mm-hmm. Mexican week. But you mentioned bread week also. Well, yes. Okay. I do have a thing to say about bread week as well. Is it that Smorgastarta seems really kind of gross? Uh, yes, it does. Now that you mention it. But no. One, bread week is one of the hardest weeks in all of in all of Great British Bacon. Sorry. Let's roll this back for just a sec. Mm-hmm. The greatest reality show of all time. The Mole. Uh, the Great British Baking Show. No. Or the Great the British Bake Off. Okay. It's The Mole. But continue. It's not The Mole. Your premise is flawed from the start. But continue. Um, there's no show more comforting, more delightful to watch. I'll give you that. Um, the pacing is perfect. The only thing that annoys me is they clearly wear the same clothes two days in a row, and I hate it. Um, <laughs> just let them change clothes. Let them. Let the people change clothes. They've done enough. I, I understand why they don't, but just it's not it's not worth it. Um, anyway, sorry. Just had to say that. Um, it's, it's wonderful, and it's got a new season on Netflix. Um, and that season has been quite delightful lately. Mm-hmm. I mean... It's very good. Um, there's this Polish gay man that is just, he has my entire heart. Janusz, yes. Janusz. Um, and this Big Janusz fan around here. Yeah, Janusz, he's so great. He has the most wonderful accent of all time. Mm-hmm. He just seems very, like, cheerful mm-hmm. and just very pleased with life. There's, like, an obvious front runner. Her name is Maxi, and she is, mm-hmm. like, just a delight. Yeah, very talented. Um. Very talented. And there's this Malaysian lady who's just the sweetest person on the planet. I love her. She was really struggling in the last episode, and I felt bad. But Carol, heaven help her. Yeah, heaven help her. She just couldn't get it together. Um, so I'll that to say, great show to watch. Wonderful. Wonderful. But they've made some choices this season that I just want to talk about. And one of them yeah. is in Bread Week. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just... Bread Week is one of the hardest weeks that there always is. I guess it's because Paul's specialty is bread. I don't really know. Yeah, it's just but, what they say. But bread bread and patisserie week, those two weeks are always the ones that, like, your, your, your top guys, they tumble. Mm-hmm. And your, your really talented people, they shine. It's great. But bread week, we had a real low performer and a real middle performer just not there. Uh-huh. And we just continued, like, okay, they're just getting a pass to next week. Yeah. I was I was a bit like, oh, because Rebs especially was struggling. Yeah. She, at the she beginning was... of the season, and then she's just, like, gone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like, this isn't right. Bread Week very easily could have been the week to kill her or Abdul. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just don't think it's fair that someone went home when two people got skated through to the next round. Uh, nobody went home, actually. They didn't send anybody home. Oh, they didn't? No, they didn't. That's good. Because that would They sent two people home the next week. And it was Rebs and I don't Who was it? I feel like it was another No, it was this the Scottish guy with the wow. beard. I can't remember it. There is the skinny Scottish guy mm-hmm. still. Who he's kind of struggling too. He is. I like him though. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's had some missteps, but I feel like he's, you know, bottom levels. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like everyone. Like, don't get me wrong. Everyone's great. Everyone's delighted. Like I was saying, Carol was struggling. I just love to go hang out with Carol, see what's going on with her, just bake some stuff. There's always, almost always one person a season that I do not want to hang out with, and that was Rebs this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but I just did not enjoy that. Just 
I, now that I I didn't remember that they didn't send someone home, so that makes it a little better. And pizza, yeah, some of those things they made were an affront to pizza. Like we just talked about Yanush being this cool guy. He made like a full English breakfast pizza mm-hmm. that had like baked beans and crap on it. And I don't know. It was very unpalatable. That just that just pushes the limits for me as a red blooded American. You know, I'm only being slightly facetious. It just didn't seem like my thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pizza was weird, but then we got to Mexican. <laughs> you know, last season they got into some trouble for Japanese wheat. Mm-hmm. I haven't because, watched that, so I have to go watch it. Well, I'm going to spoil it a little. Not That's who goes home or anything like that. But basically, Japanese week for them was like English baking that was matcha flavor. Like, that's pretty much all it was. I mean, I guess I'll be honest. When I think of Japanese food, bread isn't really up there. Right. I know there is, there are things. But that's just not what I tend to think of when I think of Japanese cuisine. But there's so many, like, Japanese cakes and Japanese things. But they do, like, dumplings, which are more Chinese than they are Japanese. Mm-hmm. And they do, like, cakes that are, like, kind of Japanese. But they don't know you use any Japanese sauce. And they got just reamed for, like, why did you even call this Japanese week? Like, you might as well have called it, like, Oriental week. Mm-hmm. Um, which is <laughs> a big catch-all. Yeah, just... A big catch-all, like, oh, all those countries are the same. Um, and it was kind of, it was a bad look for them. For them. And you'd mm-hmm. think, you know, in the future, they would learn not to do that. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> they didn't. Mexican week was maybe worse. At least they made, like, actual, I, I mean, they didn't, because that wasn't really Tres Leches cake. No. You can't be like, oh, I made an angel food cake and put some cream on it. Tres leches cake. It's tres, tres, tres leches now. And California style tacos for the technical? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is this that you have done here? You know, it's sort of like those things you see when they ask like a person in Europe to fill out the states. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, this this middle part is just Texas. Yeah. It's kind of like that. They're like, oh, I love I love Mexico. I went to Peru once. <laughs> yeah, that's where that—that's where that lovely Paddington Bear is from. Is he really from Peru? He's, uh-huh. he's from Peru. Didn't know. And he's a delight, delightful chap. Mm-hmm. It is kind of like that, but like if I did it in front of a massive audience of millions of people, like mm-hmm. I'm a geography major, I have a good idea of where most things are. I got a quiz recently about whether or not I can name every country in Europe and where it was. I got like a ninety-seven percent. So, like, okay, like, I'm not one to talk, but they left in a line, left in a line where he goes, it's like Aztec or something. And they're like, actually, I think that's Mayan. And he goes, isn't, isn't that the same thing? I know. <laughs> what are you doing, Great British Baking Show? Mm-hmm. Have you learned nothing? Like, what, what's happening here? And the tacos were a nightmare. Yeah, what? What the freak are these things? Get these abominations away from me. Everything about that technical actually bugged me. One, it was clearly like a California style. There was, they used blue corn instead of flour. So maybe, but blue corn tortillas are getting way more popular here too. Mm -hmm. Two, it was, 
It was just ingredients you'd get at like a Tex-Mex cart. Mm-hmm. And the it judges. Basically, it was basically, what was, what was I even going to say? I don't even remember what I was going to say. It was just so, it was basically just cooking. Yeah. It, it wasn't and, even it was, and it was cooking. And it was such a like, it was such, cooking is so much more subjective than baking, I think. Because mm-hmm. like, the, one of the big things that they noted on for the tacos and the technical was spice level. Uh-huh. And Cameron, you and I, we have very different ideas of what spice level should be. Yeah, like I like things so hot that it burns most people's mouths out. And you it did it did that to me once. It did. It's true. I still don't, Cameron. I don't react to spicy things, and that was so spicy that my eyes were watering and I could barely eat it. I got too big for my britches, and I needed to be knocked down a peg or three hundred. I don't <laughs> hit above my weight class anymore. I was just like eating this thing, and I was like, oh, this is spicy even for me. My eyes are watering. It is a ghost, or not ghost pepper. It is a Carolina Reaper puree on a chicken strip. And I'm like, oh, man, this is the upper limits of what I can take. And Cameron, who does not enjoy jalapeno. Bless my heart. Jalapenos <laughs> are okay. Well, I'm just saying like the spice. Mm-hmm. He He's like, can I try that? And I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> I was feeling, I was feeling adventurous. We'd been playing a lot of Among Us that day. We were playing a lot of them that day. I don't know. I just felt like taking a risk, feeling alive, well, just like I you, did in Among Us. You did take a risk and feel. Um, <laughs> but yes, to get back to what we were talking about, um, he's like, mm, "Too much spice in that. Not enough spice in that." How are they supposed to know your spice level? You crazy, mm-hmm. Paul uh, Hollywood. I was gonna say you crazy adulterer, but. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. Serially. Oh, I have no idea. Um, I'd rather not know. Yeah. Polly Hollywood is not a good person. But anyway, he doesn't really seem like a good person. Mm-hmm. So. It's, yeah, he seems... Yeah. I almost said like the British Simon Cowell, but Simon Cowell is British too. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, I don't know. Everything about that episode, I was just watching and I was like, this is bugging me. Everything about this is bugging. Yeah, a tiered Tres Leches cake. I did think it was so funny when Paul Hollywood was like, Tres Leches cake, which roughly means three milk cake. And I'm like, not even roughly. Yeah, that's that's literally what it means. Tres, three, Leches, milk. <laughs> um, A three milk cake. That's roughly well, what it translates to. And we live in the land of many Mexican rights. So we've had a Tres Leches cake once or twice. Mm-hmm. When was the last one you, time you saw one covered in frosting? Never. Yeah. Get that out of here. I, I don't even know how you would do that with as like. And you literally can't stack them. They're wet. They're yeah, filled with milk. I three milks. Not just two. Three. Heaven forbid four, but three. Cuatro leches cake. <laughs> if they made a four milk cake, then the rapture would happen. The rapture. And I don't even believe that the rapture would happen the way that, that I'm joking about right now. But it would just happen. <laughs> it would happen. <laughs> They've gone too far. Humanity's gone too far. Their time is done. That was the Tower of Babel right there. Uh, or milks in our cake. <laughs> they have reached the gods. <laughs> Rapture them up. We must strike them down now. End um, it. Yeah. I don't know. It was a mess. And I just wanted to talk about how it was a mess. <laughs> and did we ever talk about it? What were we what what kind of show are we on? Well, this is a podcast within a podcast. Oh, right. about we are perfectly within our oeuvre. Yeah. At this moment. Yeah. Because there's no... Sleep. 
Till Bobka. No. Sleep. Sleep. Till Bobka. Why did you pause? I was pausing because that's the appropriate amount of time. No. Oh. Sleep. Till Bobka. There's a there's a beat in between no. each one. Sleep. Till Bobka. Okay. It's not yeah. important. Okay. So it's poetry night. It's poetry night. Corey is reciting a poem. Yeah. It's uh, this is the uh, you. How do you do the things you do? Mm-hmm. You're pretty and you're smart. Yeah, I love you because you're pretty and you're smart. Come on, Topanga. It's one of those things that like your SO would find really cute, but everyone mm-hmm. else, everyone else is just like, okay, guy. The drummer mm-hmm. guy in the back with the bongos. Yeah, he's good. And then Feeny gets up and he's like, now Sean Hunter and Feeny's and Sean is like, which this one, this is the one time it's on Sean. You knew he was going to do this. Like, mm-hmm. he shouldn't have done this. But you knew he was, knew it was happening. Why are you surprised? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just saying, no thanks. I think there was a misunderstanding. Yeah. Sorry. But he doesn't. He goes up there. He opens it up to one. He starts it. He runs out. Yeah. Corey's like, it's okay. Just some stage fright. <laughs> he stands up there. His poems are better than mine. Mm-hmm. And the crowd is just like, what am I supposed to do with this information? <laughs> yeah. Um, so they could be anything. Mm-hmm. And then he reads Sean's poem, mm-hmm. which I, I have it, here also. It's it's fine. Yeah, I I don't like it as much as the other one. No, it does feel very um, transcendentalist. I suppose maybe like a romantic poet, your um, Percy Shelley's, your Lord Byron's, yeah, John Keats. You know, and. The point gets a little lost in the imagery. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I, I don't know. I just don't like it very much. Um, it, it's it's fine. It's better than I could do. Mm-hmm. And that is absolutely sure. Much better than you could do. <laughs> I'm just joking. I was meaning myself. Um, but that being said, he reads it, and then Sean just comes and grabs him and drags him off the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like this. I mm-hmm. like this. I like Sean telling Corey off. Mm-hmm. And being upset, upset, and really sticking up for himself. Um, I think this is a great picture of kind of where we've come in this show for Sean. Um, maybe to the show's detriment, to be honest. Like, because it so starkly points out that Corey is still the Corey of three seasons ago, mm-hmm. maybe even more of a cartoon, and Sean is a new character. Like, he's different. Yeah, we've seen depth from him. Because um, as they're talking, Sean is like, I know this is like the way things used to be. You used to have to push me into things, but you don't have to do that anymore. Like, I'm an adult, and like I get to make these choices. Because you, you could see this being like a Sean wrote a really good paper, but he doesn't want to get a good grade because he doesn't want it to be like a big deal, so he doesn't do it, and Corey turns it in for him anyway. You could see that being mm-hmm. a plot. Like, yeah. Before. It's like, I don't want my teachers to know that I care. Yeah, like, or something stupid like that. But this is, like, not that. Mm-hmm. Corey, is, Corey is treating this like it is still that. Like, that is still the relationship he and Sean have. Yeah, like, Sean just needs to, like, get out of his shell. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Sean just doesn't I, like I to I need to push him there. Yeah, he, just does, he doesn't like to succeed. Um, so it's my job to push him there. And Sean's like, no, you don't understand. Like, I am doing great work and i'm doing it for me um and like i don't know i think it's really good it shows like 
it's almost kind of humorous because it shows how in the past Corey is mm-hmm. and how, as we've said, Sean is the only character in the show that progresses. Mm-hmm. And he has progressed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like this scene. It's probably my favorite scene in the entire episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, easily. I mean, Corey's like doing his normal thing and Sean's like, no, like this is too far. Yeah. And like, he's like, you've gone too far and you need to apologize. Yeah. And he's Corey's like, I'm sorry, but and he's like, no buts. What well, Sean? What he says? He's just like, oh, oh, oh. There better not be a but. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's like very worked. Up. Like worked worked up is the wrong thing because that makes it sound like he's blowing it out of proportion. Yeah, but he's upset. Yeah, and you know, I don't know if I don't know if the writers are trying to make this commentary or not. But like Corey being speechless because no one talks like to him like this. No one like holds him accountable for things. Mm-hmm. Is <laughs> Honestly, like, pretty amazing. Yeah. It's nice to see Corey left speechless sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, and then he's like, you don't even get it, do you? Like, poetry is like an assignment or a silly thing to you, but you don't even know what my poems are about. <laughs> he's like, it's about me. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> which feels very much in line with Corey as a character. Yeah, yeah. Like, of course you're talking about me. Now, who else would you be talking about? He's like, no, I feel things sometimes. And I don't know how to express them, so I write them down. Which has kind of been his whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't know how to express how he feels, so it comes out in, like, misbehavior and schemes and self-doubt. Yeah, I mean, that's basic trauma response, right? Yeah, but now uh-huh. he... Now it's different. Now he has these feelings and he expresses them in writing. Um, and Corey just doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. He thinks he's writing poems about his best friend. Yep. Um, but he says, I wrote that poem for Angela. And then she comes and slaps him, which is not a response I fully get. I mean, mm-hmm. I sort of get it, but I don't fully get it. Yeah. The person that needed to be slapped in this scene was Corey. Yes. I was ready for Sean to punch him through the doors. <laughs> oh. Like, how right? a twist. Now you know how Stuart feels. I've been on his side all along. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you get my favorite teacher fired? <laughs> I would assume. I yeah. We don't see him again. Mm-hmm. Stew. Ew. Um, More like Ewart. Am I right? Ew. <laughs> More like stew fart. <laughs> stew fart. That may be too far. Maybe too far. Stew fart. <laughs> um, we just did a fully visual gag and no one. No one saw it. No one saw it. I was having a really exaggerated, oh, good one face. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I was here for it. It was real funny. Um, yeah, you guys should see our handsome faces. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, you're not missing much on my end. <laughs> like, not me looking at Chance. I mean, looking at me. You looking at Chance? Well, I, no, I said you're not missing much on my end, which I feel like could be interpreted as what I'm seeing. Uh-huh. I'm looking at you, but that's not true. I mean, yeah. looking at me. I'm gorgeous. Mm-hmm. He is. <laughs> <laughs> All my um, friends are hot. All my friends are hot. Um, so yeah, that's the end of that scene. Then we go to um, Angela's room. Mm-hmm. Of course, just like, I don't know what to say. And Angela's like, there's a first. Yeah. And he yeah. instantly figures out what to say. Yeah. It's so weird to me that the show is so aware of Corey's faults, but does not wish to change them, nor wish to have Corey grow. Mm-hmm. It's, in, it's, it's, like, it's interesting to me. It's like Corey's faults are the only catalyst they have 
to bring the storylines about. Yeah. I don't know. They they can't change it. I don't know. It's unfortunate. It, yeah, it's just so unfortunate. They keep bringing up this these faults of Corey's. And he's like, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry because you two should be together. And he's like, like, no, I'm not going to apologize because now the truth is out there. Mm-hmm. And Angela gives this really heartfelt, like, I'm okay now. Like, I don't want to go back to not being okay. Mm-hmm. And, but Corey gets her, her worked up like he wrote that about you. So she goes off to see him. And this is the heartbreaking moment mm-hmm. when she like sits down and she's like, I wanted to talk to you about that too. Yeah. Um, like, I wrote that a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I wrote that before we broke. But this scene is beautifully acted by both mm-hmm. Ryder Strong and Trina McGee. Mm-hmm. They both like, do it's, a great it's beautiful. Like the whole, the funny banter about like, you're not going to hit me again, are you? Well, you, not maybe not. He's like, I probably deserved it. And she's like, you're probably right. <laughs> it's cute. Yeah, probably. Um, it, it, it is cute. And then they're like heartfelt thing. And like her hopefulness and him like trying not to get hurt because he just thinks she's moved on and like kind of pushing off. Like mm-hmm. I read that a long time ago. I don't know. Like, yeah. cause he thinks she's moved on. And then like, he's like, we both moved on. Right. Like, kind of check in and then she says it and then he's kind of disappointed. There's just a lot happening here. Like there's a lot of acting going on mm-hmm. and a lot of like emotions being conveyed that aren't like textual. And I, it's great. Yeah. It's, it's almost like kind of tragic. Yeah. And especially in light of the last scene, mm-hmm. like with that knowledge. Yeah. But I think, I feel like it, it shows this tragedy from both people mm-hmm. because like, Sean is disappointed in the way the conversation is going. Yeah. But he doesn't think he can be because he thinks it's the way that Angela wants it to go. And Angela is disappointed, but can't say her disappointment because she thinks the conversation is going the way Sean wants it to go. Mm-hmm. Like two ships passing in the night. Two ships passing in the night. Exactly. There's the poem, a poetic metaphor. There's the poetic metaphor. I guess it's anyway. I said like. Uh, I thought they were both great. Mm-hmm. Top notch. Yeah. A plus. Both a of them. Um, and then we just have one more scene where Topanga does guess who to Sean. Mm-hmm. That's you know, weird. they're friends. Why not? Um, but they're talking. She's asking him about how his conversation with Angela went. And he's like, yeah, and I told her. You know, I wrote that poem like while we were still together. And now we're broken up. And then she's like, hold on. Detective Topanga mm-hmm. here peeling all the layers. And she's like, I gave you that notebook that you wrote that poem in for your birthday. And you were already broken up. Yeah. Right. So you could have written it two months ago. When did you write it? He's like, a while ago. She's like, how long ago? Two weeks. And then she jumps on him. Mm-hmm. Oh, you do love Angela. Yeah. But then he's just like, she's moved on. Like, I can't, I can't seem to move on, but she's moved on. Mm-hmm. And so I, like, I'm the one who wanted this. So yeah. I can't be so the one like, who, my burden to bear. Mm-hmm. It's like my, I made the mistake. Yeah. Now I got to take it on the chin. And then Corey takes responsibility for one of his actions. What? You know, he does not take responsibility for what he did to Sean, but yeah, we'll mark does, this on the board. Huh? We'll mark this on the board. If Corey takes responsibility for his actions, we have one tally mark. <laughs> one tally mark. Um, he doesn't do it with for Sean, but he does apologize to Angela for getting her hopes up and like, mm-hmm. And like ruining kind of the the progress she had made and 
She's like, it's fine. Like, your heart's in the right place. And he's like, but I haven't told Sean. And she's like, I know. And she appreciates that. And they have a moment. Yes. And this is when Topanga finds out. And Sean swears mm-hmm. Topanga to secrecy. So now we have kind of this double secret. secret. Yeah. Which is great fun. Yeah. Surely this will last the rest of the season, right? There's no way Corey and Topanga will ever divulge this information to one another. I don't know. <laughs> I um, know when it happens, but I yeah. don't remember if it's a good thing or not. It's pretty soon. <laughs> I think yeah. it's in like two episodes. Yeah, it's pretty soon. It's pretty soon. Um, yeah, so I like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I like them just casually going and seeing a movie together. I like that. Yeah, and there's the moment where Corey and Sean like talking. He's like, hey, are we okay? And Sean's like, you're my date, aren't you? Yeah. Which I thought was funny. Yeah, it's good. But again, I just feel like it sweeps everything under the rug. Yeah, there wasn't like a Corey learns to say he's sorry. Mm-hmm. Corey learns something. Let's check out our let's check out our scoreboard for that one. Still a goose egg. Still zero. How can he learn so much every week and still be so stupid? <laughs> How very on the nose kid gets acquainted with the universe. Um, but yeah, so that's the episode. There's a tag at the end of Corey reading Corey. some secretly brilliant poetry. Uh-huh. I am all for a joke poem, right? Like mm-hmm. this poem is called frustration and his whole thing. This whole season has been like, I'm a virgin. Mm-hmm. So that's been like the whole joke. Topanga and I decided last season, we were going to be mature about our relationship and taking the next step. And now I can't stop whining about it. Yeah, exactly. But not, not taking that into account. I'm all for a poem. That's like, this poem is called Frustration. Come on, Topanga! Uh-huh. <laughs> but what's better is when you take a joke poem and call it out in a poem that is actually the same poem, but you mm-hmm. trick everyone to thinking it's a different poem. Uh-huh. The Mr. Amy one? Yeah. yeah. In, in my <laughs> mind, that's how he wrote it. was like, and then make them think that they the poem ended. Say thing. Mm-hmm. Then introduce the new one. Mr. Feeney. No one will think it's about to pink, but it's all one big poem. Uh, why? What I really love is the when he's like, "Come on, Topanga!" After the first one, and then he and the drummer like give each other like, yeah, yeah, yeah the bongo player. Mm-hmm. Drum, drummer maybe a bit. Drummer's a strong term. It's a, it's a bit generous. The bongo. The but guy then he's like, the skins. Mr. Feeney is very smart in many subjects, including art. But even he cannot help me with my frustration. Come on, Topanga! (laughs) I think the real winner of this episode is us. It is. From listening to that. Listening to that poem. It's a brilliant piece of storytelling. Okay, brilliant may be a bit extreme. Yeah, but it's it's very clever. It is. It's good. Good writing. Good writing. Oh, he's pulling up the word doc. I am writing title. The very long title. It is. It's the longest one yet. Oh, we'll have Maybe to the show. Turn it. Tournament. Did I say yeah. turn it? Terminant. Terminant. Um, okay. Well, what do you give it? Um, I think I give this one a seven and a half. I'm giving it a half. I'm bumping it up a half. Okay. Um, again, I thought it was good. I liked the B plot a lot until the very end when it just made me upset. Um but I like that we're seeing this side of Sean, the scene between him and Corey where he's very upset at Corey. I like the Sean and Angela fireside chat. Mm-hmm. Apparently the fireside chats where they go when they're really doing some acting. Yeah, they got to drive it home. It's the same thing in the last episode. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I, just, I thought it was good. Kind of continuing the story of Sean and Angela. I had a thought at about the last point of the episode, the first time I watched it, of like, are we seeing the reverse Corey and Topanga breakup here with Corey going through the five stages of grief? But absolutely not. <laughs> it, as, I started, as soon as I started to think about it, it all fell apart. <laughs> yeah, that one doesn't hold up to as much scrutiny. <laughs> but weren't we such geniuses for figuring out the other one? We were. Um, definitely. Uh, I'm going to give this one a seven, which is odd because I think I liked it more than you. I think I like this more than you. Maybe. I liked it. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. I really like the Corey and Sean scene and the Sean and Angela scene. Um, I think it's the structure that's killing me. Mm-hmm. And again, that's really frustrating for me because I don't know how to describe what in the structure isn't working for me. Like, I feel like this episode should seem more important. Mm-hmm. I feel like it should seem bigger, not quite as quick. Yeah, like that B-plot shouldn't be there. Yeah, it, it, maybe the B-plot's the problem. I'm not sure. I just, I watched this and I found the pacing very unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, suddenly over and nothing's really happened. Yeah, and maybe I just, maybe I did. Maybe I needed more characters. Maybe I needed like Topanga to have a talk with Angela. I don't know. I, guess I just usually don't associate the term slow burn with Boy Meets World, but that's kind of what's happening. Yeah. And that usually, you know, even Corey Topanga breaking up, which is like this monumental thing that people still talk about today. It's like, oh, that Lauren and all that stuff. Like that was relatively pretty quick. It was yeah, like it- seven episodes start to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, and like big things happen. I mean, really in, re- in relation to Sean, big things were happening. But okay. now we've had this kind of like understated breakup and just like these smaller things happening where it's just kind of the undercurrent of what's going on. And then it kind of pops up its head here. But I feel like next episode won't be related to it at all. No. Um, I think the one after that, it comes back up. If memory uh, serves, next episode is nothing. Uh-huh. Is it the... Um, is it the... Uh, Truman Show. It's the style. Truman Show episode, but also the one where Corey and Tapin or Tapinga, T- Corey and Sean are trying to bribe Feeney. Oh, uh huh. To just not even plot lines. Uh huh. They two basically nothings. But we get uh, the return of Louis, if I remember yeah, right. We do get. I think his final appearance. Yeah. Um. Excuse me. Um. But, but yeah. yeah. So I'm curious to see kind of how this plays out. Cause there's a few other moments that I can think of in the Sean and Angela breakup of like things that still need to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you know, it doesn't feel like as much of the event as the Corey and Topanga breakup were. Yeah. But even on a, on, a, on an episode by episode level, man, I'm just going to say it one more time. The pacing, it's just mm-hmm. the pacing of the episodes is off and I'm not sure what exactly is wrong. Yeah. We do not know, but here's the thing. I feel like the Sean and Angela breakup stuff is much more compelling than the Corey and Topanga breakup stuff. Yeah, it's much more complicated and nuanced for sure. Mm-hmm. Of just especially in this one where it's like we're seeing, you know, like oh, you know, that was a long time ago. You've moved on. I've moved on. Secretly, neither of them have moved on, and just kind of the tragedy, as I said. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot more tragedy, a lot more like miscommunication going on. Um, I will say that it is kind of annoying that they keep throwing Sean and Angela into like, just, oh, we're friends doing stuff together moments. 
because one of the the things about those Corey and Topanga breakup episodes is that you yeah, like they're, they're never together. You actually like get to feel what it's like for them to be apart. Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah, which um, I guess this is different because it's not like a, you cheated on me. But it's like we just wanted. You said you wanted to see other people or meet other people or yeah, not continue this. Yeah, but but I'm just saying like it was more of affecting on the episodes because like the episode right after they break up, Sean and Angela like show up with great news and celebrate with Corey and Topanga. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like, are you really broken up? Yeah, and and that's just more of a fault of like order of airing or something because mm -hmm. they, they keep like throwing things out there that don't make any sense. True, it's true. Um, Get it together, Michael Jacobs. Get it together. Who is your MVP? Angela. I was thinking the same. Just especially with the um, talk with Sean at the end. Yeah, I like Sean a lot in this. Um, if he had resolved things with Corey a little better, maybe. But I feel like Angela goes through, through an arc of like, don't give me hope. I have hope. I'm let down. I'll reconcile with you because your heart was in the right place. Yeah. Um, it's, it's either Sean or Angela, and I think it's Angela. Yeah. She's had a lot of strong showings this season, but hasn't got any MVPs. Oh, really? Uh-huh. I think this is her first. No, she had one, Hogs and Kisses. Yeah. Yeah. Who else would you give that one to? I'm blanking on what episode that was. Oh, the kiss. Yes, I remember that now. Mm -hmm. It's all come back to me. <laughs> Topanga! Yeah. It's real tempting to give it to Sean in this one, because he's got a little bit more screen time. Um but I think like time per screen to quality given Angela is the is the tops mm -hmm. from the slap to the the classroom when she's like when when Sean gets the poem and she's like I knew it like I know him better than Corey that moment mm -hmm. she's the she's the the breakout of this episode yeah good job Trina McGee yeah you're great uh, and then what should we name it. Boy meets J.D. Salinger. Boy meets Poetry Night. I think we already have that. We might have that. Boy meets Poetry Night Redux. Love it. Print it. Poetry Night Royal. <laughs> um, we can say J.D. Salinger. I like Poetry Night Redux. Okay, we're going to do that. This is what I would do. Redux. We need to use the word Redux more often. Yeah, we really do. And if we did not name the other Poetry Night episode Poetry Night, it's now named that. Yeah. Because we, we weren't taking careful notes at that point. Yeah. The season two episode. Mm -hmm. Making out at the Poetry House. Corey and Topanga forever. Um, but that's it. That's we did it. Victory. I'm just kidding. I'm what just kind kidding. of person are you? I'm just kidding. Igor. <laughs> Igor and the twins. Oh, you don't even know about Margaret yet. Mm. No, I don't. Is she a new person? No, she's in four. Oh, no. I don't know about any of that, but I'm very excited to. You should be. It's wonderful. You should be, because it's wonderful. Um, I was just kidding. We're not going back into the Velvet Room. Maybe we never left. We're all just prisoners of our own expectations and what society expects of us. No, that's more Persona. persona that's more Persona 4, right? Three. No, I'm the the what you just did. Yes, society's expectations and the um, ways people view us. Yeah. Whereas Persona Five is all about how adults just suck. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I think both four and three have a lot of crossover thematically. 
I mean, I guess the whole thing it does because it's all just like Jungian psychology mm-hmm. about the self that we put on to portray to the world not being our true self. Yeah, yeah, and and much the like Khan and his poetry and the shadows that we try to hide. Exactly, exactly. Um, do we have anything? Any listener mail? Um, I do like know that, that uh, Hi-Fi Mike did not enjoy our uh, Hocus Pocus takes. Oh. Is he a big fan? Um, yeah, I guess he said big L on thinking Hocus Pocus isn't that great. Mike, I got to tell you, if you didn't watch it when you were young, maybe you didn't watch it when you were young, but I just feel like this is my theory. If you didn't watch it when you were young, it does not hold up. I think nostalgia is a big part about what makes Hocus Pocus great. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember ever watching it as a kid, but watched it as an adult. And I'm like, this is fine. This is fun. Um, I was but it hasn't become my personality. Yeah. Anyway, like a lot of my coworkers were very excited when the second one came out, um, and like had watch parties and stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't, um, know. Yeah, I don't think I don't think there's any listener mail. Oh, we did get a new listener. Let me, Mandy Louise. Welcome, uh, Mandy. Welcome, Mandy. Enjoying listening to Boy Meets World podcast done by at BG World Fever. So thank Woo-hoo. you for listening. Thank um, you. Um. Hi Fi Mike also did bring to our um, uh, our attention because we ranked pizza crusts. Um, the Costco slash Walmart uh, slash Aldi brand um, refrigerated pizzas are quite good. Oh, um, which they are. I, li- I like them a lot. I don't know if I've ever had those from Aldi. Um, they're good. They're good. And I don't have a Costco membership. We did have a couple of people on Instagram. Um, where I posted a picture of Angela saying her soap opera name. And so we have a few new listeners, Donna Sunset and Alan Buttonhole. Okay, I love those. I've got to admit, Alan Buttonhole is a very good name. Alan so welcome, Button. Alan. Love that. For a second, I pulled up the um, the comments, and I forgot what the question was about what your soap opera name is. And it just says, going by Boy Meets World rules, say hello to Alan Buttonhole. And I'm like... What have I asked? <laughs> what are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, yes. Oh, oh, okay. That's a fun street name, though. Scott Briar Creek, Wesley mm-hmm. Sweetgum, Donna Sunset, and Alan Donna. Buttonhole. Donna Sunset. Uh, send, us, send us your soap opera names. I want to know. It's very fun. Send them in. Very, very fun. <laughs> Shanae Martin Luther King Boulevard. Oh, killer joke. Killer joke. So good. Um, the real joke was after that where I gotta get some more black friends Yeah, that's all I've got that's all I've got be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at BG World Fever send us your um, soap opera name mm-hmm. you can send it to our email also bgworldfever at gmail.com um, mm-hmm. check us out at all those places that's yeah. where you can check us out we got a- play Persona 5 are. Yeah, go play Persona Five: Trails from Zero or Xenoblade Chronicles Three. Masterpieces, one and all. Be looking for a spoiler cast pretty soon. If Chance ever gets his rear and gear and finishes it, I'll finish. I'll finish it soon. Don't worry. Don't pull on me and get to the final boss and then just give up. Not give it's, up, but let it fade away. That is more of a you thing. Mm-hmm. I believe. That was a joke. That was a joke. It was a joke. It's not wrong. It's not wrong. Um, but it's now, not wrong. for real, that's all I've got. That's all I've got. So from all of us here at Boomin's World Fever, so long, world. So long, world.